Welcome to Bite Size Human Geography, a podcast meant for students and anyone who wants a better understanding of the world. We investigate global issues using human geography concepts. It's human geography made simple. Hello and welcome. Today we're going to be discussing how a country makes its money. This is sometimes called the levels of economic activity of a country. I'm going to break this podcast into several smaller podcasts to make them even more bite-sized for you. Because what I find is whenever I'm discussing levels of economic activity, sometimes the material can run together. And what I'd really like for you to do is to digest the information so that you can really retain it. All right, let's move on to secondary economic activities. You might know secondary economic activities as manufacturing. Uh, This is where you are converting the raw materials that you extracted in the primary economic activities and converting them into something new. So if we use our coffee example, uh, we harvest the coffee beans, we pick the coffee beans, and then uh, after cleaning and everything else, then you have to roast them. That roasting process is a secondary economic activity. Maybe you're taking the coffee beans and grinding them up so you can sell prepackaged ground coffee. That would be a secondary um, economic activity as well. Basically, you're adding some kind of value to the raw material by changing its form and, to, and creating something new. Uh, we could take wheat as another example. Uh, wheat, we can't really eat it raw as humans. Uh, it needs to be converted into something, whether it's flour or, uh, you know, and from there you can make pasta or crackers or cookies or bread. Uh, something like iron. Um, Iron in and of itself isn't super useful, but if you blend it, if you make an alloy out of it with some carbon uh, to help it not rust, then you can make a really strong steel out of it and make it much, much more flexible. Trees are another good example of this. The trees that are harvested in primary, uh, you can create pencils out of them. You can create paper out of them. You can create any number of different things. Furniture, Oil, of course, is probably one of the best examples. Uh, The oil that is extracted from the ground, you can make petroleum products uh, to make gas in your car, but you can also make computers out of it and pens and chairs and makeup and hundreds and thousands of other different items that come from that one resource from the ground. It's not just energy production. So in the process of creating these items that are converted, of course, it's going to create, it's going to need much more education. Um, at this level. So to either to create the machines or to develop the processes for uh, for converting, all of those require some type of education system in place to develop the people that are developing these machines and creating basically an industrial revolution within the country. This, uh, when you have more people involved in this level of economic activity, it's also bringing more wealth to the country. That process of conversion helps to create jobs and helps to create higher paying jobs And that has an effect as well. It allows people to get more education, maybe for their children. And so uh, as countries go through this process of what we call industrialization, it does create in a country a, a much more robust economic growth. Let me give you some good examples of this. I would love if you would go and grab your shoe, Uh, take off your shoe, slip it off and see where it was made. Uh, Unless it's a Birkenstock, or maybe some kind of specific leather shoe, it was probably made in Vietnam. Now, a decade ago, uh, maybe even eight or nine years ago, it probably would have been made in China. But companies, uh, shoe companies in particular, are migrating to countries like Vietnam uh, 
And Vietnam is undergoing this explosive growth in the secondary sector. In the secondary sector. So they are making things like tech related to cell phones and of course, tons of textiles and other clothing. Um, all of these are being made in Vietnam right now. Pakistan is another really great example of this. They make uh, just a tremendous amount of textiles and linens, um, which makes sense given the fact that the Indus River uh, is a super important aspect of the lifeblood of Pakistan. If you are in front of a computer or a cell phone, uh, hop onto Google Earth and go find the Indus River, zoom into it. Make sure that you have the satellite uh, function enabled. But if you zoom in uh, and you can kind of see the, the twisting and turning, that is kind of the hallmark of a slower moving river. But if you keep zooming in, you'll see all these green little splotches, these rectangular or maybe square splotches close to the river. Each one of those splotches is something that is growing there. Probably the greatest likelihood there is going to be cotton. Cotton is known as white gold in Pakistan and especially to the farmers. And it creates billions of dollars worth of income for Pakistan, both in the raw material, but also in the textiles and clothing that is manufactured in plants in Pakistan. So as countries move from a country based primarily in primary economic activities and move to a more manufacturing based sector, there are some things that happen that can be problematic. So countries pretty much undergo what we call an industrial revolution. Uh, so you're moving a large chunk of your economy into secondary, the secondary sector. This often causes tremendous environmental damage, both air and water quality, because the manufacturing process is messy. And uh, before, it, it, well, if you think about, say, Charles Dickens and the books that he wrote um, and the time in which he wrote them, which would have been during the Industrial Revolution in England, we know that his books really documented quite well the, the devastation that the Industrial Revolution brought to uh, a modernizing England. You saw lots of rural to urban migration, and actually you still see this in countries that are industrializing, lots of overcrowding. Uh, you still have relatively low education levels. Um, you do begin to see a growing middle class, but there's still a really huge gulf between the lower and the higher economic classes. But the reason why people are moving to cities is because you do have tremendous economic opportunity in the form of factory jobs, which pay a whole heck of a lot more than rural agricultural jobs. I think what I'd like to do is in some subsequent podcasts really talk about the outsourcing of pollution. We often talk uh, quite a bit um, in this country about the outsourcing of jobs, manufacturing jobs, but something that we really do need to consider is the outsourcing of our pollution. Because what's happening is, is as countries are making those items that we like to buy, uh, they are polluting their cities um, in the manufacturing process. Okay, so to recap, secondary economic activities involve converting whatever was extracted from the earth, which is primary economic activities, and making something new. This is also called manufacturing. In some applications, it doesn't require a super high level of education, a formal education, but some training will be required to run the machinery. Jobs in secondary economic activities pay more than in primary economic activities for the most part. And this is what drives rural to urban migration, because what you're going to see is manufacturing facilities are going to be located in urban areas, otherwise known as cities. And this is because people are seeking a better life. They want to make more money 
uh, for their families. Countries that make up the bulk of their GDP are going to see changing roles of women because as women begin to begin to enter the workforce and as they begin to uh, earn an income, oftentimes that money goes towards their children's education. And this begins to see a shift in the role of women because as we know, as women become more educated, as young girls become more educated, society begins to shift. And finally, uh, the process of manufacturing can be messy. And we begin to see in countries that are rapidly developing a real problem with pollution that is outsourced from MDCs to LDCs. I hope today's podcast helped you to gain a better understanding of secondary economic activities. And just a reminder that if you are a human geography student, the concepts of levels of economic activity run through the entire course. So it's really important that you have a solid understanding of this material. So just a reminder, we have three more in this series to go tertiary, quaternary, and quinary economic activities. I've linked in the show notes some of the resources that I've used for this podcast. You can also find my email there to connect with any show ideas that you might have, or just simply to ask a question. Be sure to click subscribe to get updates as they happen. Thanks for listening.